Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. The idea that God is with you should be a great comfort. But does he remain even when you sin? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah offers a reminder of why Jesus came to the world in the first place, proving that his love is far stronger than your sin. To introduce the conclusion of his special message, God is with us. Here's David. Thank you so much for joining us for the Wednesday edition of Turning Point. This is part two of God is with us. As we celebrate this Christmas season, we're directing you back to the real meaning of the season, the coming of Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the hopes and fears of Christmas. On Friday, a different kind of Christmas. And then don't forget, friends, our resource for this month is the beautiful leather devotional, Every Day with Jesus. This devotional is geared to help you learn about the Lord every day of the new year. Scripture references that correlate to each devotional are plentiful. The readings are for every day in the coming year, 365 days. And, um, well, let's face it, these last few weeks and months have been kind of difficult, and the next 12 months are full of unpredictable events. But if you read the Bible every day, and if you get into a devotional that directs you to the Scripture, you are going to do a lot better. We want you to have this devotional because we know it will bless you. And we need you to help us at the end of this year as we go through this final month of 2021. Your gifts during December are so important because this is one of the great ingathering months of the year for Turning Point. We hope you will help us. We hope you will join with us. And we want to say thank you with this beautiful resource. Send your gift and ask for the devotional, and we'll send it to you right away. Well, let's find out a little bit more about what happens when God is with us. One day God called to Jeremiah and told him he was going to give him a role as a prophet. He was to go to speak to his people. And he said, Jeremiah, before you leave, let me tell you how it's going to turn out. Nobody's going to listen to you and nobody's going to do what you say. Well, I mean, what an assignment. I think if God had called this Jeremiah like he called that Jeremiah, I probably wouldn't be here today. I mean, who wants to do that? But then God said to Jeremiah, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. I'm just trying to make the point today, men and women, that when we go to serve the Lord, whatever it may be, in some formal position or some informal everyday situation, we're all servants of the Lord. When we serve the Lord, God has promised that he goes with us. We don't have to do this by ourselves. And frankly, if you try to pull this off on your own, you're going to be very tired, discouraged, and frustrated. But when you have God as your partner and you go together and God is with you, it is a wonderful thing. In late January of 1956, Dr. Martin Luther King received a threatening phone call at his house. He was in the midst of all of the battles that he was fighting for the freedom of his people. It was not the first bad message he'd received. But on this night, as his children and his wife lay sleeping, the weight of the civil rights movement was too heavy. He decided that the risk was too great, and he began to map out an exit strategy. At midnight, he bowed his head over the kitchen table, and according to him, this is what he said, God, I'm afraid. The people are looking to me for leadership, and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they will fail. I'm at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I cannot face it alone. Martin Luther King Jr. said, in a moment that he can never forget. 
I experienced the presence of God in my life. It seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of the inner voice saying this, Martin, stand up for righteousness, stand up for truth, and God will be at your side forever. And I wonder if that's not a message we should know in our day today. But so much is going wrong, so much is south, so much is beneath the surface, and we all know in our hearts there's something just not right. And the God of Martin Luther King says to us, stand up for righteousness, stand up for truth, and God will be with you forever. God is with us when we serve him. And secondly, God is also with us in our struggles. We have at least two things that bind us together as Christians. Let me tell you what they are. First of all, we're all in the body of Christ. You may not like it. You may not think you should be in the same family with somebody. But if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ, you're a part of God's forever family. We all have that in common. But here's the other thing we have in common. We all have problems. There's no such thing as getting from the cradle to the grave or from the cross to the grave without problems. The Bible doesn't tell us if you become a Christian, all your problems will go away. Most of us discovered when we became Christians, we got some problems we didn't have before. We got some new problems. Everybody has problems, but in the group of people who have problems, there are two kinds of people. People who admit they have problems and people who don't. And if you don't admit you have problems, you got a problem. We had a chapel here, and we now bring in some of the great communicators from all over the country. We had Sheila Walsh, and we had John Gordon. And John Gordon is a new friend of mine, incredible communicator, has written some wonderful business books. Recently, I don't know how long ago this was, he came to know the Lord Jesus Christ listening to the sermons of a preacher up in California that I know. We had just a wonderful time, but I've never seen a chapel begin the way he started this chapel. And it kind of freaked me out, if you want to know the truth. I introduced him, and he said a couple of things. He said, before we start chapel, then I want to ask, is there anybody here that's discouraged? Stand up. I thought, oh, my goodness, he doesn't know kids. He's going to bomb this thing out. But to my surprise, a bunch of kids stood up. I mean, 500, 600 kids in chapel, a bunch of kids who were discouraged, and they stood up. How many of you are afraid and fearful because of what's going on right now with COVID? Stand up, and a whole bunch more stood up. How many of you struggle with whether your life is meaningful or not? Stand up. By the time we got done with this list, almost everybody was standing. I was sitting in the front. I thought, I should stand up. I'm going to tell you, from the time he did that, he had those kids in the palm of his hands, and he told them what the Scripture had to say about what you do when you have problems. Friends, if you don't admit your struggles, you don't have any way of getting help. God isn't going to swoop in and save you from your problems until you come and acknowledge that you have them. And the Bible says that he is always here for us when we're going through stuff. Here's what it says in Hebrews 13. He himself has said, Jesus has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what can man do to me. Or Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And if you don't know this one, write this down in your notebook. Here it is. Isaiah 41, 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
that's who God is. That's what God does. He has come to help us in our struggles. Sometimes when we're going through stuff, we think God has left us. And we only think that because we're hurting so much. We don't know how to look around and find him. But I promise you, he's there. He's there with you in the midst of all of this. And when you don't know what to do, you know who you talk to. You know that God is there. He is with us in our service. He is with us in our struggles. He's with us in our sorrow. But you know, when you have God with you, it doesn't make the sorrow go away. I mean, a lot of people think if you become a Christian, your problems are reduced. And I've already said that isn't true. When you become a Christian, you don't lose your sorrow. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says you sorrow not as others who have no hope. If you have a Christian sorrow, it's not despair. It's sadness. I mean, who isn't sad when you no longer have the opportunity to interact with somebody that you love, someone in your family, a grandparent, a parent, a child goes to heaven unexpectedly or in due time, and sorrow comes. But God is with us in our sorrow. He draws near to those who are hurting. That's what the Bible says. Especially when you're hurting, God draws near to you. Isaiah says it this way, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. When Jesus went back to heaven, the last thing he said to his disciples, I know you're upset and you don't know what's going to come next, but here's what I want to tell you. When I go back to heaven, I'm going to send somebody in my place. He called him another comforter. Jesus was the first comforter, and he's going to send him another comforter. So when Jesus went back to heaven, he dispatched 40 days later the Holy Spirit into this world. And the Holy Spirit came to be with us. The Holy Spirit now is God with us. And the Holy Spirit is, in many respects, better than if Jesus had remained on this earth. Let me tell you why. If you study the life of Jesus when he was on this earth, he helped people because they came to him. Jesus was localized. He lived out his whole ministry in a very small country the size of Vermont, would you believe? He never went outside the borders. So if you needed Jesus to help you, you had to go where Jesus was. And that limited his ability to help everyone. So when he went back to heaven, he put in plan B, the second part of this, and he sent his Holy Spirit, and guess what? The Holy Spirit lives within every person who has put their trust in Jesus Christ. When you ask Christ to come and live within your heart, he comes to live within your heart, and the Spirit of Jesus comes to live within you as well. So the Holy Spirit fills everyone. So Jesus isn't in Palestine. Jesus isn't in Israel. Jesus is in you. He's in you and you. He's in your heart. He's with you. So when you go through these issues, you don't have to go somewhere to get help. The someone who gives you help is within you himself. He is with you. He is the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, when you're feeling alone, you're not. If you're a Christian, you are never alone. And that's why Christians say this to me. When I was going through that, Pastor, I never felt the presence of God like I did during that time. When everyone else is gone, God draws near and makes his presence known. And that is the wonderful truth of Emmanuel. And then God is with us in our stumbling, 
in our sinfulness. You say, well, I've sinned. God's gone. I messed up. I won't see God again. No, God doesn't leave you when you sin. That is both an encouragement and a conviction at the same time. You may think that if you do this, God will leave you alone, but if you're a Christian, he's not going to leave you alone. The Bible says that Christmas is about something very special, the forgiveness of sin. The Bible says that when Jesus' birth was announced, his life purpose was attached to the announcement. Here it is. She will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Why did Jesus come to this earth as a baby, be born into human flesh, and walk among us for all these years without sin and perfectness, go to the cross, hang between two thieves, give up his life? He did it because that was the only way that we could ever know God. Our sin had to be paid for, and the only one who could pay for it was someone who was like us and someone who was God. And so Jesus came, and he took that upon himself and paid the penalty for all our sin. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says it this way, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the satisfaction for our sin. That's what the word propitiation means. So when we mess up, when we do things we shouldn't do, don't get the idea that when you do that, God leaves you. He doesn't leave you. He may discomfort you. He may come after you. He may give you a bad time until you get right, but he doesn't leave you. He never leaves you. A few years ago, someone gave me a book called America's Least Competent Criminals. It's got to be the funniest book I have in my library in many respects. For instance, in 1989 in Lakeland, Florida, four teenage delinquents decided to steal a car from a shopping mall. So they go to the shopping mall, and they try to pick a car that they want to steal. And they had stolen cars before, but in the middle of the shopping mall, they see a van, and they'd never stolen a van before. So they think they're going to go for the big bucks and steal themselves a van. They're going to steal this van, so they jimmy the lock in the van. They crawl in where they find four undercover police officers who are trying to figure out who was stealing all the cars from the mall. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful story? Here's one that's even better. In 1989 in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, this guy is arrested on suspicion of being a criminal who's breaking into all the vending machines all over town and stealing all the money. And nobody can prove that it's him. They think they know it's him, but there's no cameras and they, no one has caught him in the act. But he gets in a lot of trouble and they bring him before the judge for an arraignment. And the judge was pretty convinced that he did it, but lacking any significant proof they decided to let him go on bond. They set his bond at $400, and the guy opened his backpack and paid for the bond in quarters. <laughs> and we laugh and say, who are they kidding, thinking they're getting by with all this? But before you indict these guys, let me tell you something. And I don't want this to be a down moment, but I want it to be a truth moment. Everything you have done that you shouldn't have done this week you did it in the sight of Almighty God in His presence. We think we're so smart. We think we get by with stuff. We think we can do things that are wrong and nobody will ever find out. But let me give you the distilled wisdom of being a pastor for 50 years. I've watched this over the years. Here's what I've learned. Nobody gets away with it. Nobody ever gets away with it. The Bible says it this way. 
Be sure your sin will find you out. (laughs) You may have a seven-year fuse. You may have done something seven years ago. You think you finally got past it, you beat it. But you better not relax because be sure your sin will find you out. Just think what it does to your relationship when you sin and you don't deal with it. Just think of the stain it puts on your relationship with God. Let me give you a little illustration. This comes out of having also been a father of four kids. Nothing like what I'm going to tell you has ever happened in my family, but I understand all this. There was this young man who was told by his father not to go to a party because his father knew that something was going on at that party that he didn't want his son to be involved in. Okay, Dad, I won't go. But when he left the house, he began to realize that all of his buddies were at the party. So he goes to the party. Unfortunately for him, someone at the party calls his father and said, did you know that your son was at this party? Worst thing that can ever happen to a kid. And his father said, no, but I'll take care of it. So his boy comes home and his father says to him, well, what'd you do tonight? Well, dad, I went bowling. Well, you've been gone a long time, son. Well, there was a long line at the bowling alley. How'd you do? I did good. What did you bowl? Now, I could go on with that interchange, but let me just stop the story right there and ask you this question. You're the father. At this particular moment, what is most upsetting to you? The fact that your son went to a party that you told him not to go to or the fact that he's lying to you about what he did? And if you're a parent, I don't even ask for a vote. You know what the answer to that is. So let me ask you this question, friends. Do you think our Father in Heaven is any different than that? Isn't that an interesting thought? Do you think when we stumble and fall, He wants us to try to cover it up when we know that He knows everything that we've done? Don't you think He would be more blessed if we would just come and say, please forgive me. I did wrong. I acknowledge my sin. Let me ask you, go back to the story for a moment. Suppose that nothing is said on the part of the Father after that confrontation, and nothing is said on the part of the Son. What kind of relationship do you think you have in that family? When the Father knows you lied to Him, you know you lied to Him, and nobody's talking about it. You see, the only way you can make that right, the only way you can clean that up, is to confess. And that's what 1 John 1.9 says. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, like any human father longs for reconciliation when something is wrong in the family, so our Emmanuel longs for reconciliation from those who have stumbled and walked away from Him. God loves you. He's going to be with you no matter what you do. But if you have failed Him, Don't try to cover it up. Can you just stop for a moment and think of the absurdity of trying to hide something from God who knows the very heart of heart, the intention that was there before anything ever happened. So just acknowledge it and get it right. And God says he will forgive you and restore you and you can go on with your relationship with him. Finally, God is with us in his searching. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to this earth to seek and to save that which is lost. God is with us to save us. He came into this world for one purpose, that he might bring many sons to glory. I like to say it this way. Don't forget this. God is with us 
so that one day we can be with him. God came here to save us from our sin and make us heaven ready so that when we die, we can go to be with him forever. That's what he said to his disciples when they were so discouraged. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that, listen to this, where I am, there you may be also. That's the whole key to his coming to this earth, that where he is, we may be also. He wants us to be in heaven. He wants you to be in heaven. He came down here. He was born as a baby, became part of humanity. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us so that one day we can be with him. Are you ready to be with God? Have you put your trust in him? Have you trusted him as your savior? You see, that's the whole meaning of Christmas. If we don't get it right, we miss the whole deal. Christmas is the greatest salvation story in all of the schedule of the year. Christmas is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I want to ask you today, if you haven't trusted him as your savior, will you do it? Will you allow the ministry of the word of God, the scriptures, the reminder again from the Bible that God loves you and he sent his son to save you? Will you accept him as your savior? Before we close, I want to show you a verse that I probably have read this many times, but I never saw it like I saw it this week. Here it is. This is the whole message I've preached today in one verse. It's Deuteronomy 31.8. Here's what it says. The Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So do not fear and do not be dismayed. Wow. That's when you put on the dashboard in your car up on your mirror, by your bed, and you read it every day, and then you will know that the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So don't be afraid, and don't be dismayed. Well, friends, that's what we've been talking about during these last two days, that God wants to make you aware of his presence. And one of the reasons that we publish this devotional the way we do each year is because every day you need a reminder. And this is a reminding devotional. Every day you'll be reminded about something that is true for you because you belong to the Lord, or you'll be challenged to take on something that you might have been afraid of. You'll be encouraged when you're going through difficult times. I cannot tell you how wonderfully prepared this devotional is to help you through the new year. But you have to have it, and I hope you will get your copy. All you have to do is send a gift. Make it your best gift. This is the last month of the year. We need your help. But whatever gift you send, we'll send you this this beautiful devotional. We're sending out more of these now than we ever have in, in our history. Thousands of people will get this devotional all over the United States and around the world. Why don't you be one of them? Send your gift today and ask for your copy of Every Day with Jesus, the devotional for 2022. Every day there will be something to encourage you, and by your gift you encourage us. I hope you'll take this seriously and make this part of your assignment for this very day. Don't forget, tomorrow we're going to talk about the hopes and fears of Christmas. If you're one of those people who dreads seeing Christmas on the calendar because it reminds you of some of the hurts and and, uh, emptiness of your life, 
you don't want to miss tomorrow. Did you know that the fear knots of Christmas are everywhere? The Lord God knew that we might be afraid. And so in every part of the story, uh, here is the introduction to the conversation. Fear not. Fear not. And that's what God wants to say to you. We'll talk about that tomorrow. On Friday, we're going to talk about a different kind of Christmas. Friends, this is a holy week, a very special week, and we're so delighted that we've been able to spend part of it with you every day as we come to you on the radio during this particular week. Our goal is simply this, to draw your attention to the reason why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. You'll have a lot of other motivational things happening, but let Turning Point be the motivation to turn you back home to the real meaning of Christmas. We'll do it again tomorrow right here on this good station. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. To let us know how God is using Turning Point to deepen your faith, write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's encouraging new 365-day devotional for 2022, Every Day with Jesus. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with helpful notes and articles from decades of study by Dr. Jeremiah. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue our special messages for Christmas on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Back again this year, the home for Christmas Channel from David Jeremiah and Turning Point Ministries. Fill your season with all your favorite holiday traditions, music, carols, laughter, scripture, pageants, inspirational Bible teaching, and more. Start streaming your Christmas favorites and discover new ones completely free. And enjoy the home for Christmas channel at home, in the car, or anywhere you need a little Christmas. Visit turningpoint.tv to start streaming today. That's turningpoint.tv. Introducing Dr. David Jeremiah's new 365-day devotional, Every Day with Jesus. Inside this beautiful leather-soft volume, you'll find 365 daily inspirational readings from Dr. David Jeremiah, paired with selected scripture to challenge and encourage you in your walk with God. Every Day with Jesus is yours this month in appreciation for your gift of any amount in support of this program. And when you give a generous year-end gift of $120 or more, Dr. David Jeremiah will thank you with four copies of Every Day with Jesus, one to keep and three to share with others. Let this daily devotional inspire you in the coming year to live every single day with Jesus, for Jesus, and like Jesus. Request yours at davidjeremiah.ca today. That's davidjeremiah.ca. And thanks to a generous giving challenge through the end of the month, all gifts to the ministry are effectively doubled up to $200,000. When Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem, they discovered there was no room for them in the only inn. The owner of the inn turned away the young couple who were to be the parents of the newborn king of Israel. Of course, the owner meant no harm. He literally had no rooms to spare. I imagine if he had known who it was he was turning away, he would have found a way to invite them in. 
A verse in Hebrews warns us to be hospitable to strangers since they might be angels. And there's no better time than Christmas to be hospitable to others. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's hospitality on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Route 66, start your journey home today. Today.